Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. So we are rolling. Yeah, sounds good. Perfect. Cool. Well, welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. I'm Eduardo. And yet another week. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to continue this bi-weekly discussion that we've been having in between the seven stages of alchemy because, you know, things seem to shift accordingly to the seven uh, stages of alchemy. So I kind of like that when Daniel and I leave the discussion based on whatever step we're in, we will change topics sometimes in between research or something that came across, um, in this case, Daniel's path. And then we kind of just sort of go into this by incorporating an essay, such like the essay that we're going to talk about today. So I'm really glad you brought that up to, um, to me last week. He, he being Daniel asked me, Hey, do you think we should sort of steer this in this direction with this essay, this essay, particularly by Emmett Fox, uh, or more specifically rather, uh, is wonderful. It's great. Uh, titled the golden key and reading it a few times. It kind of reminds me of, you know, in regards to the principles that we cover in the podcast, it reminds me of a lot of the same language that, you know, we've already discussed even before this podcast, uh, written beautifully by this individual Emmett Fox in the, in the early 20th century or more so during like the great depression era. Um, you know, uh, I think he's an immigrant from Ireland, but just a well-rounded person who, um, like many had a loss in early childhood. And I think he's from there on probably started a spiritual journey, um, right off the bat, you know, so really cool stuff. We definitely will, will break it down. I have talking points. I was telling Daniel about that correlate to the essay. The essay is not very long. And, um, and yeah, anything you want to add to that before we go into it? No, great introduction, man. Um, yeah. So Emmett Fox is what we're going to be kind of dealing with today is something that came around right around in that time you were talking about, like in between the world wars, we have this whole movement called the new thought movement that mm-hmm. kind of gets developed. And the new thought movement is really going to take applicable skills from the occult and the esoteric communities and kind of package him in a way that's more presentable to masses. Right. Right. So we're going to have a lot of people who maybe traditionally were going from churches on Sundays, and they're actually going to kind of get diverted to these new thought centers. Mm-hmm. Um, so Emmett Fox is going to be a big individual. He's going to have his own organization. There's also going to be Ernest Holmes, mm-hmm. who creates the Creative Living Fellowship, which is a really amazing amazing organization. And the unique thing about this, on Sunday you go, and they're not just limited to one prophet, they'll kind of talk about all the different sacred texts. They really look at sacred religions as a large collection. So a lot of the stuff that we do in this podcast, and kind of that esoteric and occult groups have done since the beginning of time, but really looking at the evolution of consciousness and studying consciousness, especially the science of prayer, like a scientific subject. So they're really going to 
take really big strides in the aspects of the scientific prayer that we're going to really kind of break into today with the Golden Key, but a great organization. And, and one of the things that I really like about this, as I drop all my notes on the ground, is this is a very, not only is this a handy tool for the seasoned esoteric student for when we're in a tough situation or maybe a tough bind, but this is also the greatest advice you can offer to people who might be new on the spiritual path. They might not have any, thank you, Eddie. Um, they might not have any spiritual research or spir- spiritual significance prior to this point. Right. But it's a very easy way to help somebody kind of tap into that universal source energy. And it's, it's, a, it's a theme that we've been speaking about a lot through this alchemical process, and we're just kind of kind of take a look at it today. But it's very much the getting of yourself out of the way so universal consciousness can actually work through you. And I think he does a fantastic job breaking this down in this essay. It's very direct, and it gives that skill set that is very important, and it, and it really coincides well with what we've been speaking about with one with the mission of the soul and also the four steps of alchemy that we kind of went through because what he's talking about through this essay and we're going to get to it because we're going to read through it together is it's clearing those blocks so that universal life force can work through us and that's exactly what we did in these first three four steps of alchemy right right so we're really um we kind of have even a unique approach at this because how we'll be reading this is through this lens of an individual that's made it through that conjunctions phase. And when we were kind of talking about that presence that you take on in that conjunction phase and that new lesser stone you give birth to really aligns to how this essay works and how you utilize that skill of, well, how do you get universal life force working through you and working with you and how are you guided by it? And what I love about this essay is it's, it's kind of, he has a very simple explanation for, for this. And like I said, again, it's it's not only great for all of us to utilize, but it's a great information to share. And we'll kind of go over where you can kind of utilize this because there's even more examples than are even presented in the essay. Because again, oh, yeah. he tried to make that essay as small as possible, right? Yep. Right. Yep. And it's still very dense. I mean, uh, there's various interpretations by people. I ended up reading one by um, Christine Wilson, and I really enjoyed it because you know she she really does a good job um and you can look that up but she does a good job at sort of presenting an interpretation but yeah it is very dense but very short at the same Mm -hmm. time and that's like a lot of the things that we've even discussed with the kabbalion or we've talked about with um um well there's there's a couple books that i'll mention along the way i don't want to like ruin it just yet or spoil it but there's it reminds me of a couple books that i've read beforehand that kind of have so much information condensed and if you're ready to receive it it makes complete sense and if you're not ready well then i you know you can read it as many times as you'd like and much like the prayer that you're talking about it's very similar where it's a lot to process because you're actually becoming um a conduit to source and we've talked about that even in the observer effect of being able to observe your actions from a different Um, perspective and then kind of like separate from the situation and as you mentioned getting out of your own way so yeah um well without going into more and more discussions about it let's go ahead and should we give this a a read through do the read through my friend and then we'll get the read through people here i go and then uh 
And then right after Daniel does a beautiful job at reading this, you'll know exactly where we're, we're you know, getting this information from and what we've interpreted as just friends and, and students of the occult uh, as to what the meaning of this is to us and then how it's applicable to, well, not just all of us, but also to this, you know, organization we've started, you know. Um, so here we go. And away we go. All right. The Golden Key by Emmett Fox. I have condensed this message into five pages. Had it been possible, I would have condensed it into five lines. It is not intended to be an instructional treaty, but a practical guide for getting out of trouble. Study and research are well in their own time and place, but no amount of either will get you out of a difficulty. Nothing but practical work in your own consciousness will do that. The mistake made by many people when things go wrong is to skim through book after book without getting anywhere. Read the golden key several times. Do exactly as it says. And if you are persistent, you will overcome any difficulty. Scientific prayer will enable you to get yourself or anyone else out of any difficulty. It is the golden key to harmony and happiness. To those who have no acquaintance with the mightiest power in existence, this may appear to be a rash claim, but it needs only a fail of trial to prove that, without a shadow of doubt, it is just one. You need take no one's word for it, and you shouldn't. Simply try it for yourself. God is omnipotent, and we are God's image and likeness, and have dominion over all things. This is the inspired teaching, and it is intended to be taken literally at its face value. The ability to draw on its power is not a special prerogative of the mystic or the saint, as it is so often supposed, or even of the highly trained practitioner. Everybody has this ability. Whoever you are, wherever you may be, the golden key to harmony is in your hand now. This is because in scientific prayer, it is God who works, and not you. And so your particular limitations or weaknesses are of no account in the process. You are the only channel through which the divine action takes place, and your treatment will be just getting of yourself out of the way. Beginners often get startling results the first time, for all that is essential is, is to have an open mind and sufficient faith to try the experiment. Apart from that, you may hold any views on religion or none. As for the actual method of working, like all fundamental things, it is simplicity itself. All you have to do is this. Stop thinking about the difficulty, whatever it is, and think about God instead. This is the complete rule. And if only you will do this, the trouble, whatever it is, will disappear. It makes no difference what kind of trouble it is. It may be a big thing or a little thing. It may concern health, finance, a lawsuit, an accident, or anything else conceivable. But whatever it is, stop thinking about it and think of God instead. That is all you have to do. It could not be simpler, could it? God could scarcely have made it simpler and yet never fails to work when given a fair trial. Do not try to form a picture of God, which is impossible. Work by rehearsing anything or everything that you know about God. God is wisdom, truth, inconceivable love. God is present everywhere, has infinite power, knows everything, and so on. It matters not how well you may think you understand these things. Go over them repeatedly. 
but you must stop thinking of the trouble, whatever it is. The rule is to think about God. If you are thinking about your difficulty, you are not thinking about God. To be continually glancing over your shoulder and to see how matters are pro- progressing is fatal, because it is thinking of the trouble, and you must think of God and nothing else. Your object is to drive the thought of the difficulty out of your consciousness, for a few moments at least, substituting it for the thought of God. This is the crux of the whole thing. If you can become so absorbed in the consideration of the spiritual world that you forget for a while about the difficulty, you will find that you are safely and comfortably out of your difficulty, that your demonstration is made. In order order to golden key a troublesome person or a difficult situation, think, now I am going to golden key John or Mary, or that threat and the danger. Then proceed to drive the thought of John or Mary or the danger out of your mind, replacing it with the thought of God. By working in this way about a person, you are not seeking to influence his conduct in any way, except that you prevent him from injuring or annoying you, and you do him nothing but good. Thereafter, he is certain to be in some degree better, a better, wiser, and more spiritual person, just because you have golden keyed him. A pending lawsuit or a difficulty would probably fade out harmlessly without coming to a crisis, justice being done to all parties concerned. If you find that you can do this very quickly, you may repeat this operation several times a day, with intervals in between. Be sure, however, each time you have done it, that you drop all thought of the matter until next time. This is important. We have said that the golden key is simple, and so it is. But of course, it is not always easy to turn. If you are frightened or worried, at first it may be difficult to get your thoughts away from material things. But by constantly repeating a statement of absolute truth such as, There is no power but God. I am the child of God, filled and surrounded by the perfect peace of God. God is love. God is guiding me now. Or perhaps best and simplest of all, God is with me. However mechanical or trite it may seem, you will find that the treatment has begun to take and that your mind is clearing. Do not struggle violently. Be quiet, but insistent. Each time you find your attention wandering, switch it back to God. Do not try to think in advance what the solution of your difficulty will be. This is called outlining and will delay the demonstration. Leave the question of ways and means to God. You want to get out of your difficulty, and that is sufficient. You do your half, and God never fail to do God's. Like it says in Scripture, whoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, that was great. Uh, I really, really like the way you paused um, during your reading. So beautifully done, man. And I highly recommend that when you listen to this, if you want to listen to it again, you know, read it for yourself. You can get a copy uh, in the public domain for the golden key and you can read it for yourself, but also read it for yourself in your own voice as Daniel's just saying, because this is a prayer. We're going to talk about the prayer and the aspect of the prayer and how to pray correctly and really understand what that all means. So, you know, one thing that helped me out is as Daniel's reading it, I'm reading it or as he's um, reading it for all of us, I was reading it myself. I have the essay in front of me. And so, it really does help the way you kind of paraphrased it um, because some, some things will kind of throw you off for a second if you just kind of read it so um, so much like into a run-on. You know, you're like, oh, am I absorbing all the information? 
And that's much like a lot of occult reading. Like I was thinking about the book I was talking about was the book of all ages. There are certain moments where I read through things by Manly P. Hall um, so quickly that I'm not able to absorb. And then if I go back again and pause um, here and there with some of his essays or writings, I'm just like, oh my God, okay, I just totally, right. I had to completely miss that. So, yeah. but I think that's where we should probably start with the discussion of this uh, information that's, you know, beautifully written um, by an individual who's basically alluding to all the things that we've talked about uh, once again, and um, and his interpretation of it and how it really helped you know, individuals during a very difficult time, as you were just mentioning, historically speaking, in between um, two two major wars, that that definitely changed uh, a lot for people. So, um, yeah, I, I have, like I said, I have these talking points regarding um, the entire essay. But the first thing that I had written, and we can go all over the place with this, but the first one that I had written was just getting out of the way. So mm-hmm. we'll start with that, and then we'll kind of break everything else down. So, first of all, I mean. What made you want to discuss this with getting out of the way? I mean, like, I understand it completely what you're describing with the four steps of alchemy and how it relates, but getting right. out of the way, you know, like, how did you, how did you really interpret this? Yeah. Um, that's a great question, man, because that is something that has kind of a light bulb that went off probably a couple, couple episodes into the podcast when we were creating it, you know, because we were giving all this application, we were giving all this, this is what you want to do, mm-hmm. you know, you need to learn the archetypes, you need to learn the zodiac signs, right, For the sure. seven hermetic principles, and we had this whole, this whole list, and that's really important, you know, esoteric knowledge and understanding those principles is so vital to creating that balance and that peace that we're all trying to attain, attain to. So, you know, I think what it really was, was as I'm thinking through this process, there was this, and when we were like doing all this research for the podcast, they really kind of ran into a time where I was between working and doing the podcast. I was just, I found myself being too busy. I was just studying. I was just studying and I wasn't really letting anything distill and instill Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And I know this because I go back and I listen to some of the old podcast episodes and it, I'm speaking about stuff that like it like it reopens in my mind of like, oh my gosh, I forgot this. This isn't even in my consciousness anymore. It's like I spoke it out and yeah. then it didn't go into that long-term thing. So I like rehear it and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then the whole principle, like that whole filing cabinet opens up and I'm able to get all those files. But I realized I wasn't creating that electromagnetic energy in those gray spots in my brain to always be able to extract these files. If I'm not creating that, generating that information, and I don't know that information offhand, I'm probably not applying this information as importantly as I'm supposed to. Mm -hmm. So I think what first motivated me was just to sit and kind of let information distill and not try to just cram, you know, all this information in. And I think in that process of sitting and being quiet, I realized that not only was I you know, kind of firming those ideas and I'm making them more solid so that I can build higher off it, but I was also getting more holistic understandings of how this is connected to this or how this relates to something that's happening in current day, our current society or whatever that was. So that that silence and that balance, that that stepping back became really important. And then I just started thinking about the process of well, what are we really doing at the end of this? You learn all this information, you get all this inf- all this insight, and all you're doing 
is you're killing the thing that's in the way and you're killing those blocks. Mm -hmm. And so when you really start stepping back from the alchemical process, you're letting the energy flow through you. When you start learning about astrology, what are you doing? You start letting that astrological energy flow through you. Mm -hmm. You start learning about the planets. You start seeing those planets. So you let those planets harmoniously express through you. For sure. A lot of this is just stepping out of the way, you know? And another reason why I really wanted to bring it up is because the alchemical process, I obviously, you know from being listeners, I highly regard as the most important information I've ever come across. But in a certain difficulty, in a very traumatic moment, like maybe losing a loved one, losing a relationship, maybe being in danger in nature or any kind of dangerous situation, you might not have the ability to go through calcination, dissolution, go through this whole alchemical process in that moment, right? Especially if we're maybe dealing with something that's come up in the past that we thought we got rid of, like depressive thoughts or maybe an addiction. And maybe this opportunity for addiction now, you find yourself in a spot where the substance that you've worked for years through the alchemical process to separate from is now right in front of your face on the table. What are you going to do? How are you going to be able to respond to that? Mm -hmm. It's the alchemical process is important, but that lower ego, like we said, is just resting in that cave and it sees this opportunity. It's going to utilize all that energy that used to be those thought patterns to make that happen. And it's going to push so much energy there. So you, this is almost like your backup. This is your emergency shoot. Oh, I, I'm not going to be able to conquer this with the, the purified thought process that I have. I need help. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. And this is what you call in. So in that situation, in that moment, you don't think about, oh, how successful I've been, or it's been three years. I, you don't think about the drug. You don't think about anything. Right. You replace that with, which Emmett Fox called God. I was just going to say that, actually. Right? Yeah. So, um, and I think before we kind of get a little bit further, if you have, um, if you don't feel comfortable saying God, that's totally fine. It could be, you know, source, the infinite source, the creative intelligence. Just energy. Energy, whatever it is you want to see. I I have no problem. That's kind of how I relate to that energy is through God. But I understand that some people don't feel so comfortable with that. But that's all we're talking about here is that universal life force energy, the spirit of life that comes through us. Absolutely. Right? Well, we talked about this even when you bless your food. So it's the same thing. You're, mm. you're, you're out of the way. You're letting yourself be the conduit to source and sources, therefore replenishing or giving you plentiful or what you need, mm-hmm. you know, um, to be in that, in that state of comfort mm-hmm. with God. And, and you hear that from people who are, you know, evangelical or you hear people who are like de- devout, you know, um, We'll fill in the blank, right? So, and and I, I've never had a problem with that in my life. I was raised Catholic, and I just know that certain energies uh, that I surrounded myself with. By in the case when I was younger with with parents, it was awesome to step into someone's energy that wasn't necessarily preaching, but just them being present and being present with that source was evident to me because of the way everything around them sort of seemed to fall right into place, but Mm -hmm. they were just really out of the way of themselves, you know, trying to dominate a situation or a circumstance. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's well said the way you're, um, you answered that question. Cause I mean, I was curious, you know, um, many times, you know, we find ourselves like, I like that you're expressing that 
going through the process of the seven steps of alchemy can be a lot more difficult. And then when it is presented to, to you or when you have certain st- stages of your life that change, there is a moment where you can feel at a loss. But I personally, and I'm just telling you guys, this is just me personally, it's not necessarily advice, have always done this. And I've had a friend actually, uh, who I've mentioned before in the podcast, he really had a difficult time in his life. But when we were living together, I'll never forget, I said to him, when's the last time you prayed? And he very facetiously just looked at me and he's like, prayed, huh? And I just, I didn't say anything. But when I went to my room and he went to his room, I just remember being like, I send you love. And that's all I did. And so whatever challenge I felt from his, you know, dismissal didn't really affect me in any way. And so I've had moments in my life, personally speaking, where I've let that source come through and get out of the way. But as you're saying, as a backup, I really like that because that's how it should be. Meaning that when you're presented with the situation, can your muscle memory, we'll call it in this regard, fall right back into this prayer that he has here? Mm -hmm. You know, can you at least show a side of this, um, to yourself in that moment of need. And it's the, that's the hardest part because Mm -hmm. you're trying to make logic out of whatever has happened to you because you're like, well, I can rectify this, right? If I hadn't done this, then I could have had that. And if I could have done this, then this would have been that. And so before you know it, you get further, further away from source and you're actually getting in your own way because you're trying to rectify a situation. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard because it's our survival instinct. I believe, you know, a lower part of ourselves, that side of our, uh, reptilian energy kind of wants to protect, but what it's protecting is something that that reptilian side isn't connected to necessarily as God is connected to. Mm-hmm. So you kind of flip, not flip it, but you kind of like make your own blockage that you're talking about by right. trying to help yourself. So you're like, no, I'm just trying to do what's best for me, but it's like, you're not pulling from the right source though. Right. So, um, you know, in some of the breakdowns I've listened to back to this, these talking points that I have here, uh, you said the belief in God, and right before we get, we'll get to that in a second, because I really like that you're expressing that it doesn't have to be God. It could be energy. It could be source. But making positive changes is something that we've talked about, which is what's you know kept us as friends for so long, but also as observers of other people's behavior. Uh, if Daniel and I were not on this podcast, I can comfortably tell Daniel, it's, he's like one of the very few friends I have, uh, aside from my mom that I can just be like, did you see the situation just unfold between these these energies here? And rather than her talking about the literal, or Daniel talking about the literal situation that took place, uh, he understands like, no, their disposition is here. Their upbringing along the way has led them to have these beliefs. They are not that are, that are wrong. Their beliefs are just misconstrued by some path they took as as a child. And so... It's a very interesting thing, but I can only do that with you. So um, that's why I really like this prayer because it does allow you to separate yourself from that situation that either is a difficult situation that you mentioned in the essay or a uh, loss of a loved one. Um, But, you know, again, like all disciplines, it's a discipline and, uh, you know, it's easier said than done. Right, right. Yeah, no, you bring up a good point too about, you know, how we logically... And how he kind of writes about it in the essay, you know, study is great in its own time, but when you're in a situation, when you're in a moment of difficulty, it's not going to be what you need. You can't just go find the right book and just put, put, turn to the right chapter and read mm-hmm. it and it will happen. Mm-hmm. So this is really just that 
like I call it, this is that emergency shoot so we don't fall into maybe another pattern or a negative habit that used to express itself through us through that lower ego. You know, and what we're doing here is this is this is like a Western mantra. Because what are you doing with a mantra? You are humming and vibrating mm -hmm. sacred noises. What are you doing? You're calling in universal life force to work through you. And what do you get advised when you're doing a mantra? Just think about the sounds. You don't mm -hmm. think about the problem. You don't think about what the solution is going to be. You just think about the sounds and you vibrate accordingly with those sounds of creation. This is no different. Right. This is just a Western expression of a mantra. Right. And that's what we're kind of seeing here. And it's very, very important that we have tools like this because how this universe works, how our you know shared environment is set up right now, we don't really know, we don't have the securities that we had even a couple of years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Life is much more different, difficult and different than it was. And so having these, what I call this like emergency shoot, is just something that can come into benefit at any time. And it's so powerful because you're dealing with the creative power of the universe. So you're really stepping yourself out of the way so this bigger power can work through. And when you do that, like he like he says, you, you don't just stop thinking about the difficulty, but you also don't even think about the solution. You let universal life force guide you. Mm -hmm. And you have to have pure support and connection with that. And the only way to do that, obviously, is to kind of go through that alchemical process, but just how powerful that was. You know, and you had that story about how you sent prayers to another individual. Really important, because when you use this golden key, you're not trying to, like he speaks about, you're not trying to influence their conduct. You are just really wishing for them more wisdom and a connection with truth when you make this, we have this claim. And that's the best way to help somebody out, because one of the things as we we're talking about the archetypes and the hero's journey and what happens when you're the mentor. It's a tough situation to be in because you don't know what this soul needs to do to evolve. Mm -hmm. So even as the mentor, what do you do? You work to let universal life force guide you to guide this individual. Right. It's again, it's not this conscious thing. You're really opening up that outlet so that universal life force can work through you in just the potential and the power of it. And again, it's just that that calmness that can kind of come with that. So it doesn't matter what situation. So say like even you, you are an individual that has, you know, clinically depressed and you've had some, you've had really, really negative, you've get these negative spells of depression that used to get a lot of energy provided by the lower ego. So all that energy and you could snap into it very quickly, could send you into a depressive state. That's going to be a, that's going to be when that thing arises, even if you're really dedicated to this alchemical process, if that lower ego is coming at you at full force, it's going to be a little overwhelming. So what you do in this power is if you're able to step back and when that difficulty arises, stop thinking about that difficulty and replace it with God and start really connecting everything it is that you know about God, you take all that harnessed energy that has fueled this negative pattern for so many years and the pathway that it's carved in your brain, because that's what it does. It actually like carves pathways so it has easier access to go to the spots you want. You're trapping all that energy for creative life force now. Mm -hmm. 
this is very much an instance of kind of how you grab that information and calcination. And then what you do is when you're overwhelmed by that, that depression, you capture it with this golden key. And then when you get back home and you have a safe space to be, you take it through calcination. You, you, I'm in a safe spot now that I can actually face this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to roast the cinnabar on this situation. But in that situation I was in today, I, I was, it was either I broke down and I let this hat break through, or I had, you know, I would have to leave the situation. I, I wasn't in the right environment to deal with this. Well, that's fine because you're 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 not putting a bandaid on it. You're just putting that universal support on it to mm-hmm. be able to, so you can kind of get home, get into a safe spot, and be like, I need to take this through the roasting of the cinnabar. I need to take this through calcination. This is obviously a negative habit. That's not a way yet, but this just gives you support and it gives you, it's just your backup. You know, it's like, it's like when you go out and you have your friends with you and if anything happens, you know, you have your backup and this is what that is, but it's that ultimate life force backup that really can help you transcend and even blockages, you know, I, so many people send us Instagram messages. I'm having trouble like opening my third eye or, you know, I really want to have this end result of a spiritual practice. And obviously through Instagram, like, not with the person, can't look at their birth chart. There's not a lot we I can like guide with. So in that situation, if you're at like a spiritual wall, utilize this principle. Don't think about the wall. Don't think about the ceiling you've reached, right? You just start rehearsing what you know about mm-hmm. creative intelligence and universal intelligence. And that's really what kind of plays through us. So again, it's just kind of like a it's a new man, it's a new mantra that we put into our kind of our utility boat of life. Absolutely, man. Well, well said. That kind of leads into the whole idea of praying correctly. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't want to say I'm I'm hurting. You know, you don't want to claim what is actually happened, but rather rephrase the words on what is it. You know, mm-hmm. I am you know evolving, or I am conquering a, a person bef- before me. And what will come after will be better. You can still use the energy to acknowledge your hurt by still making the claim, but praying rather for yourself and through source to get an end result that'll take you out of this step. But Mm -hmm. very often, like what people might do is pray to God or whomever with the intent of I am what I'm stating, then please help me. And it's not that God won't hear or the energy or source won't understand. It understands what you're saying, but you need to understand what you're saying to source in order for both to meet halfway, as we say in the essay, towards the the end of the essay, you know, God will will meet you halfway. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. So um, in my interpretation of it, I mean, I, I think that the prayer or the mantra needs to be understood by you before you can um you know ask questions like how am i how am i going to reach spiritual enlightenment or how i'm going to i mean i think every single one of us and one of the more important things that are written in this essay work through god and are made of god so you already have all i mean we've talked about this in this podcast you have all the tools you know all the information just need to be reintroduced to it which is what i hope we're doing is that you know every time we talk and every discussion we have information that we once knew a long time ago um, is reintroduced to the forefront 
it's the same thing with all the imageries that we put on Instagram. I mean, they're images you've either seen before or thought you've seen before and quotes that you can relate to. So that's what's led you to either listen to this podcast. If you found us through the Instagram page or any other pages that we have, or if you found us the other way around, regardless, you know, you kind of start to realize like, oh, this stuff either makes sense to me or it doesn't make sense to me. And so I think that, uh, in, in every there's, there's levels to it. I don't think there is like a right or wrong, you know? So I think it's interesting when people do ask us, you know, Hey, how can I do this? And it's like, no, well, there are many ways, but some ways are more simple than having to ask such big questions. And one of the ways is to read an essay like this one to kind of give you the download that you might be able to fall back on. And then maybe ask the question again after that, you know what I mean? That's Mm -hmm. what I like about this. Ask those questions again, once you've read something like this. So, Really cool stuff. I really like the positivity that comes from it. And I like the acknowledgement from uh, an individual like uh, Emmett Fox from from that era to be able to say, you know what, this is what I'm going to go ahead and, and, and put down in order to aid people who don't know how to get out of their way. So, you know, I think we'll probably see many individuals like him, like him and many individuals before him you know, have their interpretation of what it means to have a mantra that connects you to source, you know? Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, really how we look at a problem. That's what I was going to ask you. Okay. Yeah. And you know, really quick, cause you said something that was really, really important that I, um, I want to make sure we kind of focus because, and we'll kind of really look at this when we kind of break into ceremonial magic a little bit more. But when you speak with your subconscious, and we might have already covered this on the podcast, the subconscious doesn't decipher negatives very well because the subconscious, which is the source and our connection to source, Mm -hmm. because it works in symbols, it doesn't really pick up on negation. So if you say like, I am not poor, right? And you try to make that a manifestation, what it's going to really be picking up is like, I am poor. It's not going to I pick up. Poor, that's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally, totally. So you really want to, that's why you make your assertions to the subconscious when you're actually making those kind of mantras, like a what you're trying to manifest, like I am truth or I am aligned with truth. Right. You don't do the negative. And that's what you did a really good, I think you brought up a really good point on because the subconscious just doesn't really decipher negatives like the conscious mind does. Like we can consciously be like, oh, that's what I, I wanted to do there. I didn't want to be poor anymore. But when you're really trying to work with that universal energy, it's don't even put the word poor and I am not in there. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, I am abundance. Right. You know, you make those those really strong claims and those strong mantras. So I just wanted to kind of point that on to um, kind of tag on what you were saying because I thought that was that was fantastic. But what was the what was this talking point you just brought up? Well, no, it kind of goes with the same thing, but um, it, it's how we look at a problem. But I want to hang on something really quick that we're talking about right now that's super important that you just sort of uh, sort of interwove there. That I'm like, no, let's go back to this point. Is what you're saying about language, and then what happens within the subconscious? Mm-hmm. So you will meet an individual who has taken in information. So we'll say objective information. They'll take this information and then they process it. And once it's processed, it's how the heart picks it up. That will, 
you know, remain with a point of view that is sort of carrying the person to um, either be with or be against an individual. So, okay, what I'm saying is I'll, I'll take this back a few steps. So a lot of things right now can be politicized. And so a lot of things can be interpreted differently. But that's the problem with the information system that we're living through right now is as much as there's an abundance of information, there's also a lot of misleading information. So try to think about whatever it is you read and take in, how you're taking it in. Because when you take it in with a negative um, subconscious uh, feeling, it, it does poison you because you're now looking for the situation that you can basically an altercation that you can like justify like this is what my heart has observed and absorbed from that one i don't know article or news headline or whatever it is that you allowed yourself to really fall for and now you're doing yourself a disservice because the subconscious is kind of just coming through and so i'd like that you're saying that because okay if i didn't make sense there i like what you said about the poor thing so it's not just to say, you know, here's a prayer to not be poor. Your desperation to have a prayer to not be poor in the subconscious already knows and the universe knows that you are poor. Mm-hmm. So like you can't, you can't, um, it's not necessarily lying to yourself, but kind of, right? You're kind of like using the words up front in order to benefit what the universe could deliver, but the universe won't deliver because the channels it goes through are the ones that are inside that are lying within the fear of you not having enough finances. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to like break through. But if you see any individual who's calm and is able to just observe the situation and rise above the situation, most likely they're just not letting that source of negative energy affect them. But yet they can just kind of stand by and say, well, this is happening. This is not not happening. This person is expressing themselves to me in a very unpolite fashion. But I'm going to let that, like they're going through their their um, moment, but it's not affecting me because I'm at peace with that person and I'm at peace with everything else around me. And you'll feel yourself kind of, again, get out of the way. It's not to say ignore the situation. Of course, there are times you have to be confrontational. But I like that what you're saying about it's not so simple to just have it said and done. It has to come from, you know, that real connection. So that being said, what I was talking about the... um the talking point is how we look at a problem, mm-hmm. you know, how we look at a problem and how we involve that God energy, right? That love, that joy, that, that we talked about even before when we first started the podcast about the inner child that we can carry with us through these situations. But yeah, let's, let's talk about that because I think that's something that right now that people don't know how to do or are not well equipped to do. And you'll find individuals who are, by the way, if you haven't already, you will be in a car with a person or be in a situation, maybe even with a stranger. And to all of you at once, a situation will arise and watch the person who's in most control never really be phased by the situation, even if it doesn't even go into their favor. You know what I mean? Because they're like, well, this is happening, but it's not everything that's happening to me right now. It's just happening right now in this moment. It'll pass, you know, and people will say that with this too shall pass. So um, that's that was the only talking point I had. It was about how we how we look at a problem, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, and how negative thoughts emerge and and how we deny um, those 
those blessings that we can mm-hmm. be showered with as, as Emmett Fox talks about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, I don't know if that made sense. No, it made great sense, man. It made perfect sense. Yeah. To no. the listener. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. In regards to, you know, how do we handle this problem? And that's what I think is the most appealing thing about this process is it's so simple. Mm-hmm. You know, you just try to hold in your thoughts and put behind your will everything that you know about God. And I think that that is what that does is it's, it's again, it's that, that internal mantra and it gets that cycle going and it really is a great way to recycle that negative energy that's trying to express itself through that, that lower ego who sees this opportunity in the moment. So mm-hmm. it's almost like the, um, it's almost like the chariot card in the tarot. So the chariot card, depending on what deck, sometimes it's two horses and sometimes it's two, if it's more of like Egyptian based, it's two dogs. And what those dogs really represent or those horses represent is, and they represent so many things because the tarot is an iceberg and it just keeps going down and it's really dense, but it also represents the protection of your mind of what comes in and what goes out. Mm. Right. And so what this is, is this is just, again, it's that ultimate protection. So you don't absorb or attach yourself to the appearance of reality and the appearance of a problem. Right. And you're always able to stay in that space that's been created through this alchemical process, but just to stay in that, that all knowing, all loving essence of the creative force of the universe. Right. So, when we're working through this this technique, you know, we're not even looking to solve the problem at this moment. We are just giving energy to it, and we're not even putting any thought, analytical thought, into solving the problem. Because again, we're just opening ourselves up so the solution of this problem can actually blossom in our lives. Right, and it might blossom, and it will blossom in ways that you don't expect. And they'll say this in ceremonial magic: mm-hmm. you won't. When you do, when you start ceremonial magic, they always like make you start with like simple experiments. And one of the things that they'll do is like, have you envision that you're going to see a red ball, right? Just a red ball. It's nothing big that you're manifesting, you know? So where this might happen is it's going to happen in a way that you might not think it's going to happen. Like you might just be like, oh, I'm going to see... You know, I'm going to go outside and I'm just going to see this red ball immediately. No, it's going to happen a little bit differently. Like you'll be somewhere and you'll see like a young mother trying to like open the door and struggling and you'll go over to open the door for her. And when you do that, she kind of drops the stuff what's in her hand and out falls a red ball. Right. So it might not be the exact situation that you're thinking of, but that's what we're utilizing to solve this problem. So you're not trying to foresee how do I solve this problem? Because once you start doing that, you're foreshadowing and now you're letting that analytical energy get in there. You're letting that active consciousness get in there. And that's murking up the situation because this whole process, you've opened yourself up so that the universal life force can work through you. So it, it does work kind of like a leap of faith situation because you really kind of have to have trust in the universe that this problem is going to be solved. But if we are purified in our thoughts and our emotions and our actions, like we've done into this alchemical process, you've, 
you've met your over self, you've met your lesser mm-hmm. stone, you've met this embodiment of this consciousness that you know has full potential, right? So it's a little bit more familiar. So that's, again, why one of the benefits, why we spoke about this at this step is because I think it just goes really good with that step of conjunction, which gave us that presence to be able to almost hand over the keys to the universal process Mm -hmm. and not be attached to the appearance of reality, not be attached to our, you know, physical manifestations that we want, but more just be in touch with love and wisdom, which is what we're trying to get through the alchemical process. And that's all we're really asking God for when we're trying to, you know, come up with as much as we know about God. And that's why we kind of hold that in our mantra. But again, we're just looking for love and wisdom. We're not looking for things. We're not looking for even experiences like that. We're just looking for the acquisition of love and wisdom, Mm -hmm. which is the ultimate currency. Absolutely. Absolutely. yeah, so it kind of just goes in line with, you know, and we've talked about this since the beginning, like you that's what you manifest for and that's what you pray for. But that's what we're working with here. We're working with a a new form of manifestation, but really this is like a survival kit and I think it comes into handy if you're in like a dangerous situation, lost in the forest, you know, if you can't figure out what you should do, utilize this process. You know, if you are in a if you are an individual, like, again, we've talked about, like, depression, and you feel like you're in this stent of potential, you know, even something like suicide, you go to this process. This is what right. you fall back on. Anything for drug addictions, food addictions, you know, sexual addictions, porn addictions, all of these things that you can feel like you have such a good grasp on until in the moment, and it's just presented with you, and you fall into it, and you're like, how am I ever not going to fall into it? Well, this is the key you use, mm-hmm. and this is going to give you strength. And then once you utilize this key the first time and you turn it, you'll see the power of it, and then you always can fall back on this. So there's this, again, there's this presence and this calmness that comes with it, that even if temptation arises itself, you know you can call upon the highest powers to right. kind of help you transcend. Yep. Yep. And recognizing, you know, what I really like about getting out of your way is recognizing the energies that you're pulling from in order to justify your point of view. And in this case, surrender that point of view that you have and let this, this blessing, the showering of like good energy work through you first and then assess whatever the day has. And you'll find your day being a lot easier. So I seem like no one wins the day when they take a shower in the morning and have an argument with a fictional character that they win in the shower. They get out of the shower yeah. And they're like, oh, I, I'm ready. Kicked his ass. Yeah, but it's like you didn't. And, and But what you did do is you you pulled energy, which is real, but you're pulling energy from a different, or an incorrect source. So just like that, maybe next time try to have that shower, that moment. But when your head, head is bowed down, let source come through you from above and let that be the first thing to enter before you even like decide to pull on energy to have this fictional Mm. argument with someone you know and it, you'll find that okay now i can say you still want to have an imaginative argument that's fine i'm not saying you can't have that i know a lot of us will do that and i can't speak for everyone but once you have done that first step by letting source come through and let that be the major energy rather than the than the way that we normally do things with you know something that's upsetting us then assess the problem and you'll find that your energy um It'll, it'll just feel different. That's all. Mm-hmm. And because then the rest of the day, I mean, 
I know that having a fake argument in the shower isn't as profound as an example, but you'll find that the energy you're pulling from may have stemmed from that imaginative moment uh, in the shower, and you're still walking around with energy. Mm-hmm. It's just not the right energy I would suggest to pull from, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I told you, you know, I told mm-hmm. him, and it's like, well, okay. Um, that doesn't really help anyone in any situation. But yeah, I really, really like everything that, you know, this essay stands for. And it's everything that has always led me to um, learning about the occult. And that's for any philosophy that, um, you know, allows for a dense but basic way of leading you to, I, I like the way you put it, but this parachute, this emergency chute, this way of like, having something to fall back onto. So mm-hmm. yeah, man. Yeah. No, you brought up a good point, man. Um, it's so funny. The, the scenarios and how much energy we waste for the scenarios we play out in our heads, mm-hmm. completely unaware and unnoticed by other people. And you can, you can see people sometimes just like playing scenarios and you can kind of see them doing it. And you're like, what are you doing over there? But, um, Oh, the way you did that, man, I wish we could show people that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I think that's important. You know, one thing too, I think you brought up the idea of the shower and what this, this does too, is it always shows you in any moment you could have God mm-hmm. in any moment you could have this creative intelligence working through you. I think what it reiterates is you have the ability to win every moment. And you, if you take every moment and you take every present moment as a gift, as it is, as the presence, and you try to always have this connection to source and always have source working through you in every moment, that's, that's how you work to really start building the structure that you don't actually have to call upon this skill. Because if you can start building essence of grace in this morality and this virtue that would come from living in the presence of the creative intelligence... A moment is makes a minute, a minute makes an hour. And you start seeing that every moment, every day is won by the moments. You know, and it's very important to start off in a positive situation. You know, in that shower, you're manifesting love, you're manifesting wisdom, you're manifesting right. all these things. You're not regressing to these like these negative thought patterns we're talking about, because that can controls the rest of your day and it kind of sets up your energy for the rest of the day. Yep. So, you know, winning the day is so important because if you win the day, you have a chance to win the week. You know, and really we start kind of building with these small steps, but we just really want to get in this connection to where this source is always, you know, working through us. We always are kind of in this, this mantra and in this, in this feeling, because it really will offer us this true guidance, especially as we get to these next stages of the alchemical process, because we're just dealing in the spiritual world in these next steps. So you need to be fully purified to be able to pick up on those finer substances that we're going to attempt to try to tap into in these next few stages, Mm -hmm. right? We're going to kind of utilize this, this skill set. You know, and one thing too, and I hate to, um, I don't want to sound sinister, um, but this is also, this moment here, this 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 golden key, this is also something that we can do when we all have to come face to face with the end of creation for us. Mm-hmm. This is a very powerful tool to deal with death, whether it's the death of a loved one or if we know that our death is maybe in, happening in the next few moments, 
you wonder like what what is it that we're due for? You know, what happens if a tyrannical thing gets set up and we have firing squad? Something terrible to think about, right? But how do I handle that moment? How do I how do I find peace in that moment? Well, this is it. This is the skill set you want to fall back on. Mm-hmm. You want to connect with, you know, what do you know about universal consciousness? And that's really important when they talk about, you know, not dying in fear, because dying in fear and dying in stress is not good for the soul's trajectory because that's it bogs it down. It keeps it heavy. That's what they thought ghost sightings were, was, you know, very dramatic deaths that cause that energy not to pass on because it's still heavy with the denseness of the experience. Right. So how can we approach maybe even something like a traumatic last few seconds is we're going to call upon this golden key. And this is what's going to give us guidance. And this is what's going to give us comfort in any, any situation that mm-hmm. we possibly ever can be faced with. Um, and again, I hate to get sinister on it, but we do. Um, I mean, it, patterns are there right now that, this world is a very, very drastic place. And if we look historically at where these patterns developed in the past, it usually isn't um, a great blossoming for humans, right? Where there could be a very negative time and we want to be prepared for that. But knowing that we have this in our back pocket, that and there's nobody can ever take this away from us. It doesn't matter what they're doing and how, f- what, how much torture they're putting you through, how much fear they're trying to put you through. They they can never touch this. No. This is this is the only thing because this is really the only thing you really touch. Right. Everything else is but a shadow. Yeah. And so we're dealing with the light. Um, and this is going to help influence that we change the shadow. But you know, having this connection, having this this grace and this presence that comes from this, and how do we make this presence last longer and longer and, and a deeper connection? Because this is this is the guide. Yeah. Right. And um, it's just, it's just so important that we can kind of utilize this and make sure that we have something like this in our back pocket if the time ever comes necessary to use it. Right. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And that's what this is all about, right? Just putting all these principles into action. I mean, everyone that we mentioned on this podcast, every author, every psychologist, every single individual philosophically speaking that's wanted to unravel the universe or at least like present principles of of uh guidance came from a time like this that there was adversity there was struggle and there was pain and only then i felt or feel that people were inclined to want to rediscover or discover something they didn't know about or mistakenly knew about in order to purify their ideologies and carry it to the next generation. That's all I'm doing. I'm not a father yet, but if I do have a son or daughter, I carry in my heart the same that I'll carry for any friend is that I wish you the best and I send you, you know, universal love, hoping that you will do the same for the one after and then the one after that. And that's Mm -hmm. all we can do. So, you know, I don't think it's very sinister what you're saying. It's the reality of, you know, the exchange that we have while we're here rising to the above, uh, you must face consequences that, you know, one either has never had to face um, or has faced from a young age. But regardless, you know, having the tools will prepare you for the day you meet that, that, you know, inevitable moment, whether it's for yourself or for someone else that's going through it. So, right. You know, and we just want to make sure that when we meet the, 
the maker. We are going in a, a white gown rather than, you know, fear. Um, so yeah. And you know, one thing you brought up too, man, then I know we're kind of closing this thing off right now, but you brought up how, you know, when you're in challenging times with a, a society or even someone's internally going through challenges, it's a, um, it's a very fascinating thing that sometimes when the outside, everything you see on the outside is kind of ugly and not like you want it to be. It's very interesting that that is really what inspires and creates some of the best art and manifestation out of us. And you think about artists, musical artists, and it's like, well, why are there, why are their first couple albums always usually better than their last albums? And there's a lot that has to do with that, but I think a lot of it has to do with just the struggle of being a starving artist and pushing you out of you because you're uncomfortable because you know you don't know if you can afford rent. You don't your your right. your your income is so tied into things outside of your control and it's a very stressful thing. And I think that helps create that beautiful music that we hear. And you you look at the painters from the Renaissance, you know, you know, even like Dante from Dante's Inferno, like when he wrote that, it was after when he got kicked out of Florence. So he got kicked out of his homeland. He was living in a, as a foreigner in a different land. It was a very stressful thing, but he created the best, his best art, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that's a really important process to take into. And again, to be grateful with the challenges, you know, I, I know we've spoken on this podcast, but these last couple of months have been, um, you know, there were some really, really extremely difficult moments for myself. And it's funny though, as I reflect back on it, I listened to some of the podcasts when I was in a really tough week and I'm like, oh, that was my best stuff. Like it was, I was just, I, I had my favorite examples. I was actually speaking close to the microphone or I wasn't speaking. Like I was just on my gate. It was just mm-hmm. the best stuff was getting produced. And so it's just so funny. Sometimes you have to be thankful for the challenges for when every kind of thing feels destro- destroyed and kind of dead on the outside, you kind of give birth from something from the inside, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know really how that aligns with what we were speaking about today, but, you know, just, we just always got to be thankful for the moment and know that there's a bigger, something that bigger that's working through us and it can work through us faster if we let it. Yeah. And right? I think that's when you let it. So I think when you fall to your knees and decide to surrender, only mm-hmm. then will you make room for, you know, right. this amazing um, moment in time where energy runs through you from a source that you couldn't really pinpoint, but you know, it's out there, but it's really hard to do that when everything's going really well for you. Cause mm-hmm. when everything's going really well for you, well, that means you're playing your cards right mm-hmm. in the flesh, but the flesh is nothing, you know, than just right. the flesh, you know? So I think you have to lose it all in order to then like let source run through. And I think that's unfortunate that that has to happen, but you know, um, mark my words. I mean, I've been through it and it's an amazing feeling to let source kind of come through you when you do find yourself in a situation like that, that's life-changing and you have nowhere to turn. Um, you know, finding love in something that you can't really pinpoint is it's, it, I think a, a, a really beautiful, um, again, surrender, you know, mm-hmm. you're just like, Oh, you know? Um, so yeah. I think that's I all it. I got to I got to say about that but anything else you want to add to this? Um no, I mean big thank you to everybody again for sharing um the post for of course always a big shout out to our patron supporters. Um 
but no, other than that, I mean, I think we're, I think this was good. I love that we covered this topic and it's going to be something that, you know, especially on reflection, I think we're going to bring up on further podcasts and just kind of like the hermetic principles, you know, everything we talk about, which is really nice is it gives room for it to be spoken about again. So I think mm-hmm. as we see this application applied to a wider perspective and a wider, vaster range of experience, um, we'll kind of call upon it and think about it a little bit more. The golden key, man. The golden key. Make it turn. Make it turn. <laughs> All right, man. Until next time. Until next time. Cool.